0: It's so good to um, be in church with you uh, for the evening service. It feels like summer is coming, like just a little bit. I see the sparkle in your eyes, all you summer people. And I see the tans. It's so good to see. Um, I, I just wanted to um, wrap up a little bit of what I was saying earlier um, about the, the service starting in spring, uh, September, 3rd at 5pm we, we I can now, Micah, if you don't mind, I, I went and, and confirmed that um, we, we, we do have a preacher we always knew we had a preacher but we hadn't had a chance to talk about it um, but Figo is going to preach the 3rd of September evening service <laughs> um, and, and actually beginning the 10th of September Figo has accepted a full-time position on staff here at Father's House, and will be apprenticing into becoming a youth pastor with the second portfolio of campus student ministry, getting onto the universities and college campuses, and bringing the light and leading people into a relationship with God. So I think that's amazing. Yeah) um. Very very excited about that, I spent many years on campus uh, ministry and it's my first baby is the right way of describing it, my first child is campus ministry and I'm very excited uh, to see that happening again. Um, so we, we, we've we been in this two part series oh yeah I might as well say this too sometime soon after the service settles at 5 o'clock we are going to go back to recording to YouTube and broadcasting the service um, live stream also because people are saying well we, we come to the morning we get that and then you do part B later and then we're not here so we're going to go back to that so if you're keen on helping with that space cameras and uh, audio and all that Um, Have a chat to Mark or I and we'll hook you up. So we've been in a conversation over the last two weeks about the Bible, the good book. Coming out of some questions and some uh, conversations we're all having in small groups and also questions people ask. And also just I think every now and then we just have to remind ourselves what a powerful book the Bible is. It's not like any other book Uh, you'll ever have in your life. And just to talk a little bit about how to handle it really well. So um, many years ago, uh, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, I experienced at the Johannesburg then, I think it was called the Johannesburg, it may may have already changed its name, airport, international airport. I experienced motion sensor taps. I don't know if you've, uh, 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 you probably all grew up with them. But a motion sensor tap is a tap that you have to make it work. You sort of have to do like a dance move and then it works. Later, of course, they added motion sensor lights in the bathrooms also. So you had to have your hand getting the tap working and move your head so you weren't in the dark. Finding the on switch became really tricky. So a, a few weeks later, I sat at a guest house and there were bedside lamps there, and I couldn't find a an on switch. So I thought, well, maybe it's also motion, <laughs> I'm like waving underneath to see if I can get the thing to work. Uh, it just wasn't plugged in. Um, <laughs> if I'm completely, if I'm completely honest, uh, the principle of the embarrassing story is that. I am amazed at how many people uh, never discover their spiritual on switch. You know you have an on switch. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not getting it all at the moment. It's like you and the Bible aren't connecting, aren't aren't flowing, uh, and it's not because there's something wrong with you. It's because you haven't gotten to that moment where a certain switch flips over and the connection is made. And the Bible is unusual and even difficult to everybody at the beginning until the Holy Spirit turns something on in your heart that makes you connect with the Bible so that it is as clear, it's like you're talking the same language so God speaks to you. And I just wanted to um, um, pick up our conversation tonight with the idea that it's not because you're like just not good at reading or it's not because you're, you've sinned and that there isn't a connection, it's because you haven't found the thing that makes you tick yet spiritually and connects you to Scripture. And I think we should talk about what that looks like in the Bible. Are you okay with that? So our story is, um, is I've called this message Creating a Biblical Moment because it seems like everybody's having moments these days. Am I, am, I, am I allowed to say that? Um, we're all having a moment. Uh, so And I definitely saw a few people having mo- a moment over a pizza uh, before the service, but there is a little bit kept over for afterwards, so I want you guys to stick around for that. I want to take you to a very famous story in the Bible, after Jesus' death. Um, and it is a good example, a good study of two disciples who weren't. I mean, they were they were hovering around God and church, and they were there, and they were hearing the stories of Jesus and all that. But it wasn't making sense. It wasn't connecting with them yet. It felt very, very foreign. The whole thing of scripture and this new life felt very foreign. And but maybe by analyzing that conversation over the next twenty minutes or so, maybe something's going to switch in you also. Can you say amen to that? And you're going. You're gonna go from passive to active and from cold to on fire. Amen. The story is about two disciples on the road to mass. So Luke chapter 24, verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. So what had happened so far. Big crowds follow Jesus. Jesus preaches up a storm. People follow him. The Pharisees get upset. The religious leaders get upset. They crucify him. He's dead. He's buried. And now there are rumors that he's resurrected. That's what they're talking about. And they're discussing the whole story of Christianity. Um, And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came and walked along uh, with them. But they uh, were kept from recognizing. Him, and he said to them, "What are you discussing um, together as you walk along?" And they uh, 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 they stood still, their faces down, They were in a disappointed state of mind. One of them named uh, Cleopas uh, uh, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have been happening there in these days? Surprised that this guy didn't know. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued as if he was going to go past them, go further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. And so he went, and he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it. That language should feel familiar to you, like communion. And he began to give it to them. And then their eyes were over The on switch. Ah, I know who this is. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. How strange. They see him, they recognise him, and then he's, he's gone. And they asked each other, We're not our hearts burning within us while He was talking with us on the road and opening the Scriptures to us. So in the context of uh, how to get something out of the Bible, this is a very good passage of Scripture because it's got stages in it. And I want you to try and work out uh, on these stages where you are in the Scriptures are open to you is the conclusion and the stages along the way. The first part of this story, this, this conversation, is so powerful that I've prayed all afternoon that God will really impact your heart uh, about this. I always, have you ever, have you ever um, read uh, or seen Footprints in the Sand? Okay, all the old Christians. You just have an name in there. Footprints in the sand. Uh, you know, if you don't know the story, let me just tell you, and then you can you can Instagram it like it's a new idea. But uh, footprints in the sand is like uh, um, uh, footprints of of you and and God uh, along the sand, and then. There's certain times when it's only one set of footprints, and you or the person asks the Lord, Why did you leave me uh, during those tough times when I only see my footprints or one pair of footprints in the sand? And the moral of the story was God saying, No, those are not your footprints, those are mine, because during those tough times I carried you. Oh, it's good. It's still got meat. Ah, there's going to be all these cheesy footprint-in-the-sand images, little clip art. You guys don't even know what clip art. Please go make a good AI image. Like, don't make a clip art. You just get a good AI image. Anyway, the the, the principle about that is I, I, um, I had, I was for a very long time under the misconception, a lot of Christians, a lot of people, and perhaps you're not quite there yet, but were under the misconception that You walk through life alone until you get to like a church service or a camp, Christian camp or something. And in a certain day, you realise that you should become a follower of Jesus. And Jesus has basically been waiting for you at the church service, I guess. And you get here and you come to that realisation. And from that day onwards, the two of you go walking through life. Now, let me tell you a secret Jesus was walking next to you years before you knew who he was and years before you accepted him into your heart, into your life and as your saviour. He's been where you've been, watched where you've been at, prayed over you when you've wept. He's been prodding conversations Asking questions through people, all to awaken you to the realisation that you need to become spiritually switched on. What a a powerful idea to know that the Lord has been with me even before I knew He was with me. Now, some of you might feel a little embarrassed, like, oh, I took Him to some strange places. But... (laughs) Maybe he stayed outside then. Maybe the footprints in the sand then was just one, but that's something different. We'll have, a, we'll have a conversation. another conversation. But I wanted you to know that you're, you're, um, you, you, you were God's, um, the apple of God's eye. You were God's first move in relationship. Uh, you didn't make the first move. He came and drew alongside you as you were on a road disappointed and a bit downcast and had heard stuff but it didn't all make sense to you and he would ask some questions you may not know this but you've been questioning things and those that questioning of things is God already working with you and you're not even maybe a committed Christian I hate saying committed Christian because I don't know any, any other can't like you can only be a committed Christian. I don't know what the other one would be. Maybe a baby Christian. Maybe you're a baby Christian, like a little tiny baby Christian. Um, but let me just tell you, God started walking alongside you before you knew He was there. And that is incredibly powerful. It's also incredibly powerful to recognise that uh, your questioning phase is so important to God and so important to you because it's evidence that God is starting to awaken your spirit. You know, um, uh, when you want to wake somebody up, you, you almost always do it with a question, are you awake? Hey, are you awake? And sometimes uh, questioning is, is the awakening process, and I was, I was asking if you're awake tonight also, and you do seem to be very much awake, so it's very nice to, to share with you. So I, I want to take uh, uh, this experience of these two disciples that are not really named, only one is named, um, and, and, and talk to you about the phases they went through until you get to that last verse, the Scriptures just came alive, just came alive. And I, I, w- I would like for your, I, my prayer is that your life and your spiritual journey will similarly feel alive. Uh, if, if you don't have this kind of awakening, and, and my prayer at the end of tonight's message is that I'll ask the Holy Spirit to, to open your eyes. I think that's the best terminology I can use, that your eyes would be open and that you will see um, deeper than you've ever seen before. You know, we all see things on different levels, right? For instance, you might see People chatting and walk right past them and go, Oh, didn't see them at all. Never noticed. I was looking at the sunset. You might walk past those someone else might pass, walk past those same two people and go, Oh, they were chatting intimately. Something's happening there. Oh, look how look how look how she put her, her hand on his shoulder. Oh, oh. Did you see that? Right? Did you see that? So somebody didn't see anything. Somebody else saw superficially. Somebody else saw intimately. And then you can go a little further. You can go, I, I walked past that person and something in their eyes, they, I don't think they were in a good place. You see spiritually. Right? Those layers of seeing is what the Spirit gives us. The Spirit gives us that final 2020 vision, to see spiritually, to see your sins are forgiven, you are set free, you're a new creation in Christ. Your neighbour and your sister and your mother might not be able to see it yet, but you can see it because the Scripture has revealed it to you, and you're well on the road to that spiritual life, and you can see it coming together. Amen to that. So I think that's really important. So, a couple of things that take place in this conversation between the two disciples and Jesus who is, uh, who is uh, um, uh, um, um, hidden from them. Uh, so we're trying to open our eyes uh, and here they are. Number one, uh, the principle of invitation, you know, um, I just I think we don't ask enough and I think there's something very powerful about just asking the Lord. And here's here's what I mean by that, the principle of invitation. Jesus pretended like he was going to carry on walking. And the Bible says they 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 said they invited him, come 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 walk with us. Have, have you come to the invitational part of the journey where before you read the scripture, before you attend a church service, before you, you, you walk into a Bible study group or a grow group or a small group, or maybe even before you start a day, have you gotten into the culture of saying, Lord, join me. Talk to me. Help me. Guard me. And you know, so often we just, we forget that part because we assume. This is a really powerful Old Testament story. It's hectic because it's in the Old Testament, okay? But I'm going to tell you about it anyway. So this King, King David, he was so used to God blessing him. So he used to pray, Lord, I'm going to go to battle. Can I go? And God said, go. Then you're going to win. Then next time, Lord, I want to go to battle. I want to win. Can I go? Yes, you can go. Third time, Lord, can I go? I'm going to go. Can I go? Yes, I can go. Am I going to win? Yes, i are going to win. Go. Fourth time, didn't ask. Just went, got a harding. The Philistines beat him, very much like the Springboks <laughs> gave a harding <laughs> yesterday. Like the first five minutes, I was like, "Are we in trouble?" And then afterwards, it's like, "Ah, these people were not serious when they came. <laughs> They're not serious when they came to us." Um, but, um, but. And then David's very upset. He was like, I asked, I won, I asked, I won. I've been winning, I've been winning, I've been winning. And now what? And God said, you used to ask and you don't ask anymore. You took for granted that I would go wherever you decided you were gonna go. But you never neglect the ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened to you. I'm always amazed by the stares I get from people when, when people announce to me something bad. They say, oh, this isn't working, or I can't get a job, or this relationship is going go, okay, uh, um, have you prayed about it? And they often look at me as if to say, like, no, but that's your job, bro. <laughs> like, they have got these, like, except I have a job. You're the one looking for a job. You must pray. <laughs> Should I not have said that? See what happens when you preach at six and not at five. <laughs> you come all salty. People look at me with an absolute state of shock. You know, someone say, I'm angry and I haven't forgiven and I can't forgive and I'm hurt and I'm like, okay, so let's pray about it and invite the Lord to take over the hurt. And then people stare at me as if I've suggested, let's just go outside and do some drugs. Like, it's, <laughs> it should be the first thing you do invitation. Invitation. That was too close to home for some of you like me. Yeah. Invitation. I think uh, um, we have to have a culture of saying, Lord, I invite you. You start a good, healthy relationship. The first opportunity you, you decide you're taking a relationship seriously, you invite the Lord into that relationship. And you say, Lord, we are committing this relationship to you. We are inviting you to be present in this relationship. You buy a house. I tell you, I love certain cultures. It's just something about certain cultures and certain race groups and communities. I can't tell you how many times I get invited to go out that door over there, and there's somebody's new car there, and they're like, Pastor. I just want you to pray a blessing over this vehicle. I'm like, I'm a saint, I'm going to pray a blessing, but you make sure everything you do in this vehicle, everybody you carry in this vehicle, everywhere you go in this vehicle, going to be blessed. If you start going off the rails, I'm going to pray that Jesus takes the wheel, literally, (laughs) and drives you back home. (laughs) In Invite him in, invite him into your finances. Put a line item there in your spreadsheet. That's Jesus' money. Like just people always so surprised by the fundamental of an invitation. How many people have you heard by just not inviting them to something and they thought it was just implied? Don't imply it, invite him. There's something so powerful about that. And they, were, and they, and they, they urged him, uh, uh, come with us. I want to encourage you to have that same sense of invitation. Lord, will you you come with me? Um, Some of the places I've got to go aren't nice places, they're scary places. Some of the more exciting adventures come with me. Um, You know, this idea that I, I... You know, the Bible says that God is with you and never leave you nor forsake you, and He's with you even to the ends of the earth. I don't think the Lord ever leaves us. I think sometimes we leave him somewhere I heard a phrase the other day and it was so offensive in a in an educating way like it was a good offense it shocked me, it's like some preacher was saying don't treat Jesus like your pet like lovey-dovey selfie photos and then when you want to go somewhere just stay stay at home and then go without him Invitational. The, the second is the principle of recognition. The principle of recognition. If God showed up, would you know it? Now before you say, oh yeah, obviously, obviously. Uh, um, God doesn't, God sometimes appears in the most, And it, you know, the Bible says sometimes through the uh, the mouth of babes. Babies, not babes like. The, I suddenly <laughs> realised, like you don't know King James, so. Like, I've got to clarify, babes are like other things, uh, other definitions. Uh, through the mouth of babies, um, God sometimes speaks. God sometimes shows up through your enemy. Oh, didn't you know that? You know, sometimes the best thing that ever happened with you is you wrestled. And when you're done wrestling, you discovered your new identity in God. Uh, sometimes God shows up in the quietness sometimes he shows up in the sadness sometimes he shows up in the joy recognize you know um, uh, Jacob and his ladder um, he sleeps on a rock uh, his head on a rock there's a ladder up and down next morning wakes up he says God is in this place and I did not even recognize it and what's required of us for the, the for us to have a spiritual moment is to pause long enough to say, God I invite you. God I recognize you. That's what we're gonna to do tonight. We're gonna to invite him. We're gonna recognize him. Uh, there's something really powerful about that. And and in this moment of recognition, something happens in their lives. The third uh, the third principle that takes place is quite amazing. It's breaking bread. Now uh, amazingly, we used up all our communion uh, in, in the morning and, and so we don't actually have any um, available. So we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to break bread another time. But um, breaking bread we, is called communion in everyday language, um, in is a church language. But breaking bread is more than just like go and get something and have a spiritual moment. Breaking bread is sitting in fellowship with people. Um, and sharing. So so one of the saddest things for me during the pandemic was that I'd have communion by myself. I mean, I still have communion by myself every now and then, but I took communion home, you know, the little, the little wafer and the grape juice, and I'd just be having it on my own every Friday. And, you know, as much as we package it now to make it safe and accessible and all that, true communion was I break some bread and I share it with you because we are of the same loaf. And He is the bread of life. And His word is like bread to us. He is the manna from heaven. It's like it's a communal thing, you know? And I really want to encourage you that Scripture comes alive when it is shared with people. You could get into your own headspace so much that you. It's um, it's it's difficult to grasp, but when it's shared with people, when one person's revelation becomes their testimony, that testimony will eventually become your revelation. I really want to encourage you about how incredibly powerful that is. It's it's an invitation, Lord, uh, uh, um, come. You know how do you know how the whole Bible ends? It ends with a chapter that says, uh, "Come, Holy Spirit, come." Come, Lord, come. Come, Spirit, come. It's an invitation. Lord, no matter what else happens in this world, would you, we just come. Be, be on the road with us. And then recognition. God is here in near me and with me. And he's showing up in this family drama and he's showing up in this joyful celebration and he's showing up in my job. And I go, oh, that's God. Recognition. And then This, this communion, sharing it, and when you do that, when you live like that. So, so here's the thing: when you live like that, I invite you, I recognize you, and I commune with others. Then you read scripture in a healthy way. The reader must be healthy for the revealer to be able to show himself. The reader must be healthy. There's nothing wrong with the Bible. It's it's the reader must be in a receiving the reader must be in a receiving a hungry state, right? And then and then when that happens, the Bible words it like this, earn, that we ought to earnestly desire spiritual milk for for by it that by it we may grow. Like you how do you cultivate hunger? Like for something spiritual, you go, Lord, I invite you into my life. I want to walk with you and talk with you along life's narrow ways. That's a hymn. And I recognise you. You are present you are, and I, I, I recognise you. And then thirdly, I recognise that this this thing called community. And when I do those three things, hunger grows. Hunger grows. I'll give you an example of that. You know, I, there are a few of you here. I really enjoy having a conversation with you. When I get in the car sometimes to go home, I say to myself, I want to be a little bit more like so-and-so. I mean, when I, when I hang out a little bit with Mike, I think I would like the joyful enthusiasm that Mike has for life also to be in my life. Can you say amen to that? Like, Always an up day. Always an up day. You know, Vincent's coming back from sabbatical next week and rejoining the ministry work that we're doing here. That guy, Mark, can testify. His energy levels are always 10 out of 10. Always. He makes me tired just talking about the things he's going to do, not the things I'm not even involved. I'm tired just thinking. Just up there. Chatted to somebody this morning. This is we're breaking bread, you see. You think it's just that, but it's this. And and he was saying to me, uh, this guy was chatting to me and he said, oh, I've been in the church for for about six months, he said. And I know them, I've met them a couple of times. He said, you know, um, I've been waking up an hour every morning earlier just to pray for the church the last two months. So if you've got anything you would like me to pray about, I'm just giving an hour every day. I don't have a lot of time, just an hour. I felt like you're feeling right now. I'm like, we, and uh, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Eh? That's a lot. Like when Jesus did his teaching us how to pray thing, our Father which out in heaven, I would be another man. like in the land. like, I'm like, I'm done with this. Eight seconds. And I got in my car this morning. And I was like. I am ashamed. I am the pastor of this church and I am not getting up one hour earlier right now and praying. I I remember getting home and thinking, but Lord, my whole life is a prayer. Like, my whole, like. (laughs) (laughs) I won't pray an extra hour, but I think I'm gonna pray a few minutes longer tomorrow because I met that oak and he gave me bread. He gave me bread, so I I eat off that bread and I'm fueled by that. Do you you get what I'm saying? The inverse is also true, and I'm going to conclude with this. You're also going to meet a lot of people in life who are going to take bread from you. They're just needy. And don't look at them now. Um, (laughs) I need you to have a straight poker face. But like, just be careful that all day giving and never receiving at some point, you will run dry. And then a dry person tries to approach the living Word, and there's a disconnect there. But a hungry person, any meal will do. I think you've got to approach Scripture that way. We can analyze. So, so, what we've been doing over the last two weeks, week one, we analyze the, the merits of the Scripture, but. We too now I've got to analyse the readiness of the reader, and if I can bring a respect for the content, and I can bring a, a, a revelation from for the re, from the reader, when the two come together, it's power. And that's my invitation to you. Like um, um, sometimes people say, "Which translation is the best translation?" Don't quote the message. The message is rubbish. Um, can I be honest with you? Um, The translation matters, but do you know who's the biggest translator of the scriptures? You. Because when you read it, you're already translating it while you're reading it. Do you see what I mean? When you read, you go, oh, you know what that means? And straight away, you're its own translator. What we need is the Holy Spirit to reveal it to us, not so that we can translate it for our our own benefit. Does that make sense? So tonight, we have a couple of minutes. I'm going to invite you in a few moments to stand and I'm going to invite you to go through those three processes with me. I'm inviting you, Lord. I'm recognizing you, Lord, and I want to have communion, Lord. And then let's ask the Holy Spirit to empower that process. I want you to have a, a week ahead where things come alive. You need to, some of you need to come alive in your soul, you know. But you also want to come alive in your relationship with God in your maybe a Bible verse or a reading or whatever and feel like you are fully alive. Can you say amen to that? And that was the discovery of these disciples. So would you please stand with me? I hope you'll stay afterwards for a few minutes and grab a cup of coffee and make a friend and build with community. And if you feel like you want to be prayed for about anything, whether it came up in tonight's message or or service or not, anything, you're welcome to come to these guys in front afterwards and I'll pray with you uh, with pleasure. And then, then of course, if you're... first-time guests who've come a couple of times You want to ask some questions or introduce yourself, there's a little lounge there. And next to it, uh, everything to do with the women's conference, uh, tickets and all that. So should we take a moment to, to do those three steps? And I want you to think about the journey that road to Mass and ask the Lord to take you on a similar journey. I guess the most valuable thing I, I really want to make sure you've, you've got in your heart is that whether you can see Him or not, he walks with you. That's key. Whether you can see him or not, he walks with you. That's huge. So, Lord, we, we thank you for uh, the 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 role model scripture is for us. Thank you that the stories and and the testimonies and the miracles and the parables of the Bible are as as relevant and useful to us today as the day they were written. Lord, tonight we pray. Uh, that you'll help us take the steps uh, from discouragement to celebration, from dead to awake and alive, from, from being hidden from us to to seeing you face to face through scripture. So tonight, Lord, we, we take a moment to invite you. Please will you please will you walk with us? Don't walk past walk with us, we urge you, we implore you, walk with us, stay with us, sit with us, talk with us um, in our spiritual journey. Lord, we take a moment to recognise you, Lord, that thing we're struggling with, we see you in it. You're going you're gonna to resolve it, Lord. That joyful celebration, we take a moment to recognise you uh, gave it to us, you you are the reason for it, Lord. And we, we just take a moment to recognize that. We recognize, Lord, that you're, you're, you're God in the most beautiful way leading our lives. We take a moment to recognize it. We invite You to recognize it. And then, Lord, we acknowledge the bread of life. We acknowledge that when we break bread together, when we share it with one another, when we talk about You, and when we share over our our story of faith with one another. Um, It's food. It's food for the soul. And Lord, these three things together make for a hungry reader, a desirous reader of the the Scriptures. Thank you, Lord, for the volume of Scripture. Thank you, Lord, for the library of text. But tonight we pray, you'll also make us hungry to read and receive it. So in this moment, um, we've got a minute, literally a minute before 10 past, I'd like to just invite you, if something's um, something's connecting in you a little in this moment where you're just like, I want to walk close with God and tonight I'm realising He's been there and I haven't acknowledged Him, like I haven't said, oh, this is the Lord and this is the way I want to walk. I just want to take a moment just before we rush off. Have a great uh, connect time. Just take a moment with everyone's eyes closed for a moment just to respect everyone's personal space. If you're at a crossroads tonight spiritually and you know you have to take a step or switch a switch on or do a turnaround or have a pivot or have a moment, you're at an unusual uh, moment. Not like every other day. This is a moment and you need to take an action, i just love to pray with you. So all I'm going to ask you to do is just acknowledge that that's that's where you're at by saying, yeah, yeah, George, uh, pray that prayer for me, include me, please. I'm going to take an action for my own sake and also for this prayer. And, and the action I'm going to ask you to take is simply to raise your hand up long enough for me to see it in acknowledgement of a moment of transition for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I just need to get into a little bit of shade just to see. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, wow. A good 30 people maybe. Just like this is a moment in time in your spiritual journey. Thank you. I'm going to I'm gonna ask you to pray a prayer out loud. It's not per se a salvation prayer, but it is an acknowledgement of this moment prayer. Do you mind? We just do a sentence or two, but we're going to all do it so that those of us who didn't put our hands up are supporting those who did because we're one bread, right? And it'll just be a sentence or two. do mind praying after me. So you just get ready for that and then I'll leave the sentence and you just repeat afterwards. Let's go. Lord Jesus, I recognise You and I recognise this moment and I recognise a need for a response. This is my response. I will follow You. I will obey You. will journey with you. I will put my trust fully in you. Holy Spirit, wake me up. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give God a shout of praise and thanksgiving and acknowledgement of our conversation?